0: Welcome to the Sports Pro Podcast. Hi everyone and welcome once again to the Sports Pro Podcast. My name is Owen Connolly. I'm the editor-at-large at Sports Pro. Do hope you're well. Our guest this time is the head of sports partnerships at Snap, and Anmol Malhotra. Snap, of course, best known as the operator of Snapchat, the social messaging app that lets its users, uh, more of them typically teens and younger people than on comparable services, communicate through text, images, videos, and AR-powered lens filters. And Anmol is responsible for getting athletes, teams, leagues, brands, and broadcasters in sport involved with the platform uh, with the aim of setting them up with a new cohort of fans and expanding Snapchat's own reach in the process. I spoke to him about how those partnerships work, how they're managed and incentivized, uh, some of the distinctive ways in which content is created and IP is integrated on the platform. We also talk a fair bit about Snap itself, the role that technological innovation plays in the company's culture, uh, why he thinks it connects with younger audiences in the way it does, and how it plans to keep doing so in the future. Reaching the next generation of fans is obviously a hot topic for the sports industry right now. And it's in that context that Ann Moll is going to be appearing next week on Wednesday, the 20th of January, at the first Sports Pro Insider Series event of 2021. It's going to take on the question of engaging Gen Z, and he will be part of a bill that also includes speakers from MLB, the NHL. Twitter, and General Mills. Well worth joining us live if you can to make the most of our interactive platform, but you are also able to watch those sessions and indeed every minute of the Insider Series so far on demand if you register for free at sportsproinsiderseries.com. Okay then, to set us up for that broader conversation and tell us a bit more about Snapchat's work in the sports industry, here is Anmol Malhotra. You're listening to the Sports Pro Podcast. Anmal Malhotra, Head of Sports Partnerships at Snap. Welcome to the Sports Pro Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, how is uh, how's, how's 2021 shaping up for you so far at, at Snap?
1: Yeah, you know, it's been good. I think um, during the pandemic, uh, we were really forced to find new ways to engage with our user base and, and for me with our sports fans across the platform. Um, and we, I think we're kind of forced along with our partners um, to really think outside the box. So I, I, I think for us as a platform overall, um, one of the things we always talk about is that we started as um, an ephemeral communication platform, right? Talking to your best friends and family through pictures and video. And during a global pandemic where you can't see your loved ones physically, um, you go to platforms like Snap to connect with them emotionally. So I think in many ways, it brought us back to our core um, and our initial value proposition for our user base, which is talking to your best friends and fam um, via Snapchat. And that's been a huge focus for us, finding ways to connect people um, during this crazy and unprecedented time. And I think 2021... Uh, hopefully, we're we're closer to that light at the end of the tunnel um, of this pandemic being over. But for us, it's continuing to find ways to engage our user base, um, make it fun and interesting, and just use our technology. Right? Uh, we've done a, a lot of amazing things from a tech standpoint uh, in bringing people to an atmosphere, especially with sports. Mm.
0: I mean, there's a, there's a few things, and you know, you've uh, alluded to a couple of them there, but there's a few things that I want to get into over the course of this conversation about the work that you're doing in sport maybe explaining to people a little bit more about how, how the platform is developing but just to look back first at 2020 what you know the, what you're talking about falling back on that core purpose how was that reflected in the data in in uh, in things that you saw users doing last year
1: yeah definitely so um you know during those first couple of months of the pandemic. We saw communication with friends across Snapchat increase by 30%. So people just snapping each other more and, and texting on our messaging platform more. Um, time spent playing with our camera platform, lenses, I'm sure you're familiar with, was up 25% You know during those first couple of months of the pandemic. Um, you know Over 60% of our users create snaps every day with our camera, which is really important to us, right? I think a lot of our platforms are, are mostly consumption platforms. Um, you kind of scroll on a feed. Whereas for us, you open to the camera and you're kind of incentivized to create something to send to your friends. Um, so we saw some some pretty tremendous trends um, from a pure communication standpoint. And again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's sort of unsurprising because people are at home um, trying to stay connected with their loved ones. And they're using platforms like Snap in a big way.
0: As you say, Snap is a, uh, a different kind of company from some of the other social media companies and Snapchat is a different kind of platform so how did your role as the head of sports partnerships fit into what snap is doing um how does it connect with the rest of the company and and, and where does the the sports strategy sit within all of that
1: yeah it's a great question so you know i'll, I'll talk about the sports piece uh first and then tie it in back to the overall snap strategy um you know when we started doing this a little over five years ago we weren't known as a content platform, right? We were known purely as a messaging and communication platform. Um, As we started adding content uh, to our play and on the Discover side of our our platform, which is the the right side of the page, um, our goal was very simple in the sports world, go after the biggest events, right? Super Bowl, World Series, Olympics, World Cup, Champions League, and try and do deals with leagues, broadcasters, rights holders, um, to get that content on the platform. Um, What we soon found is there were so many compelling storylines happening off the field, off the court, off the pitch. And, you know, we didn't want to be the platform where we were the 10th place you're watching the same exact NBA highlight or EPL goal. Right. Mm. Um, We wanted to be a place where we were telling the stories no one else was. So our goal was to focus on everything else, the pregame, the postgame, the fans, the locker room um what what are those stories that are not being told and most importantly what are stories that resonate with young people right our our audience our demographic is super young um 90% under the age of 24 and people like you and I are hardcore sports fans right you know we'll probably still sit on our couch and watch full games and full matches um a 15 year old boy or girl may not they have uh the luxury of of their remote control is now their their iphone or their android and they can hop in and out of apps and watch whatever they want whenever they like to do it. Um, so we have to be super compelling um, and and make sure that we're sort of uh, providing content that uh, resonates with these younger generations. So my goal, my focus with sports, is to find those compelling storylines. Find those compelling partners um, that can tell those stories across Snap in a fun, highly engaging, shorter form, um made for mobile and vertical way. Uh, and I think what we've done over the years is really reinvent um and reimagine some of these traditional partners in IP. An example I'll give you in the US here is ESPN, right? Everyone knows Sports Center over here, um, very well known linear program. A couple years back, you know, to the credit of ESPN and their leadership, they decided to reinvent Sports Center on Snapchat. And what that meant, instead of having hosts that were wearing suits and ties and having 30 minute our shows like they do on TV, they created um, a version that was tailored towards young people that were three to five minutes long, much more about culture than just highlights, um, hosted by younger people wearing jeans and a t-shirt. And you know we're proud to say today that there are millions of Snapchatters that subscribe to ESPN SportsCenter on our platform um, that probably have no idea that SportsCenter even exists on TV, right? And that's kind of our goal, to, to reinvent and use some established IP but show in a way that resonates with the younger generation. So that's a huge portion of, of, of my job, right? Finding those partners, finding those stories, and helping them make creative content across the platform. I think the second piece, which has been a huge focus for the platform overall, is use our tech to further amplify um, you know those messaging and objectives. And a huge thing for us is our camera marketing platform. So I alluded to it earlier, but... Lenses, filters, augmented to reality, you know, our users open to the camera. So it's really important for for me and our sports team to work with our sports partners to find ways to not just connect with our user base through content, but also through our really fun and innovative camera marketing tools. Um, and we've done some amazing things with partners to, to kind of engage there. An example I'll give you there on that front is during El Clasico last year um, with Real and Barso, we created custom lenses. For supporters of each team, where you could you could actually uh, turn your face into into a Barcelona Real Madrid fan. Um, that was wearing the face paint and had confetti kind of dropping from the sky. In the U.S., you know, when the NBA came back uh, in July after you know a couple months of pause, we did a really fun lens where you could take the Snapchat camera, point it to the ground anywhere you were in your living room if you're outside and recreate the NBA court in Orlando from the bubble in your living room, right? So finding a way to bring fans and Snapchatters to environments where they couldn't actually be there um, given the pandemic. So that's kind of you know our focus in the sports world. How do we bring these compelling stories from a content perspective? And then how do we bring the best of Snapchat um, from a technology and, and platform perspective to our partners to help them reach new fans, the next generation of fans, Um, and these younger fans that may not be hardcore sports fans, they might be casual fans. Um, And the way that kind of ties to our overall platform objectives is just being authentic. You know, we want to make sure everyone who uses our platform uses it in their own unique way. And that kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. That is the core value of Snap, right? Um, No pressure, fun, uh, genuine communication with your best friends and family, which you can do uh, via our sports partners as well.
0: Mm. We can get into the work that you do with partners and and kind of the way you lead them uh, through your platform in 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 a sec. But I wanted to go back and talk about the typical Snapchat user. Um, I mean, it's a platform that's what I, it's coming up to about ten years old. Snapchat and it's you typically has had or historically it's had a a younger audience, the yeah. younger user profile. Is that still the case? Are you finding, you know, are you finding that discovery is different? Are you finding that people are aging with the platform or is it typically associated for want of a better way of putting it with a, a type of behavior that suits younger people?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. So I think for sure uh, our platform tends to, to to skew younger and that's kind of the slice of the pie that um, we really have owned over the years and have focused on over the years. So that that's important to us. And um, the way the platform is set up is obviously around, again, fast communication with, with your best friends and family. And it tends to to be a lot of young people using it um, from a communication standpoint. I'd say what we've kind of added over the years um, are partners that you may not expect, right? Like outside the sports world, we have deals with the Washington Post, previously the New York Times, um, others, which you might have said are traditional older quote unquote publishers or partners. And in many ways um, that's allowed folks in the 25 plus bucket to come to our platform to maybe, you know, get their news for the day, um, you know, and, and follow other traditional partners in a way that uh, might skew a little bit older. So we want to make sure that whoever's coming to our platform, we have, you um, value to provide to you, whether it be through communication, through our camera side of our platform or messaging, whether it be content and information to inform our users through our Discover platform. Um, and that's really been our goal, right? No matter what age you are, if you come to Snap, there's something there for you. I think the most important thing for us for new users is, um, you know, developing a friend base, you know, people use platforms more when their friends are on it. So that tends to be the kind of the first primary, you um, kind of goal for us, no matter what your age is. Uh, hopefully you have a number of friends that are on there so you can engage with them across our platform, whether it be camera communication or content. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of our demographic, you know, not, as I mentioned earlier, we reach 90% of 13 and 24 year olds in most of our key markets. Um, so that's obviously the, the most important portion of our demographic, but the 25 plus demo is actually our fastest growing piece in many of our key markets as well, uh, which I think people are surprised to hear and today we have close to two hundred and fifty million daily active users globally. Um, and again, I think our goal is to is to provide those users uh, ways to kind of engage with their best friends and consume and create content across our platform, no matter what your age is. So
0: when you're when you're pursuing partnerships is is the pitch to partners that they are gonna be able to reach that under twenty-four demographic and you know, perhaps those people will then graduate into other forms of content with them?
1: Exactly. I think our goal is to provide them that next generation of fans, right? You know, I think it's the same pitch when we talk to Sky Sports, the NFL, ESPN, uh, Barcelona, or an athlete. It's uh, if you want to reach young people, you have to be on our platform, right? Um, we, we strongly believe that in order to kind of gain and keep um, loyal fandom over a period of time, you have to attract the younger generation uh, to develop those habits while they're still young and they're teenagers, et cetera. And that's what our platform provides, right? A way to, to reach these people where they are mm. every single day because uh, that younger slice of the pie is on our platform, um, talking to their best friends on a daily basis, and it's a way to engage with those young people. And as they grow over time, hopefully, they stick with your brand, with your league, um, with your team, or if you're an individual, um, and it's a way for you to kind of talk to a, a new young user base. You know, one of the things that I think is is a common misconception is that everybody's on the same platforms. You know, we hear this all the time. Well, we're already on another platform; we don't need to be on Snap, or vice versa. Um, we found through now third-party studies that that's not true, right? The unduplicated reach across our platforms is massive. Um, one study that we did with App Annie late last year was looking at that exactly, like how many people are using Snap versus other platforms. And you know, one one thing that kind of jumped out to us for Twitter, for example, was that something along the lines of 86% of Snapchatters that use Snapchat daily don't use Twitter daily. Uh, so it's a whole different... Kind of cohort of people that are on these platforms and if you want to reach the younger kind of slice of that pie you have to be on snap where do you
0: see snapchat fitting into the the wider kind of social digital media ecosystem because i mean we were talking just before we went on about you know the different challenges that you have as a closed one-to-one communication platform for the most part from the ones that other one-to-many uh, mass communication or broadcast style platforms might have. But then, of course, that also creates a different set of challenges for you when you're approaching partners and when you're trying to to tell them about, you know, uh, about the impact that they can have. So what, what how, how do you explain that to people outside the organization?
1: Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest differences, and we were talking about this, as you mentioned before, is, you know, there's no feedback loop on Snapchat. So there's no public likes or comments. And what we heard, and I'll actually focus on the athlete side of of the pie here, because they've told us on many occasions, they love our platform because of that, right? Um, On other platforms, they may post something and one person may disagree with what they posted. And then they wake up the next morning, they have thousands of negative comments or feedback or bullying in some cases, which by definition makes you less likely to post again, or it affects the way that you're gonna uh, portray yourself going forward, right? So we always say that Snapchat is actually who you are. Other platforms in some cases are who you want the world to think who you are, right? Um, So because our platform has no feedback loop, we are by definition kind of promoting authenticity and, and being genuine and being yourself across our platform. The second really, really important thing is ephemerality. Right, everything goes away. Um, so when someone posts on their story on Snapchat, it goes away after 24 hours. And again, in a similar fashion, because there's no feedback loop, because it goes away, um, you are you are more incentivized to to just be yourself. You know, like any normal conversation that you have with somebody sitting at a coffee shop, at a bar, at a game, no one is generally recording it, right? And it's not staying there forever. There's there's a lack of permanence, and we have that same sort of feeling like a conversation on Snapchat. So uh, that allows our partners, our brands, our teams, our athletes that we work with, um, to really feel this safe environment to talk to their to their fans um, and showcase who they are. And I think in a way that's very different than other platforms. So that's kind of the way that we have talked about it um, to the folks that we work with.
0: And how do you how do you address some of the issues around safety? I mean, you you don't have the same uh, dynamics at play, but you obviously, if your audience is younger and you're you're trying to engage people, um, you have to build certain incentives into the platform and, and and so on. So how do how do you strike that balance, and how do you uh, work with with partners in that respect?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, right? Because we want to. I think we, we're probably one of the platforms that has been very much on the we don't host data and, and because there's no feedback loop and um, we don't have those same issues around like algorithms pushing something to the top and then it may not being factual because we're a closed platform that hasn't happened. Um, on the same token, you bring up a great point. Obviously we understand for a lot of these um, partners and particularly athletes that, you know, there's, it's a business for them, right? They need to reach more people and, and drive a bigger audience. Um, you know, the way that, that we have approached that, is we're providing a more engaged um, and a more, uh, in many ways, real fan or follower, right? Um, The person who follows you on Snap um, is following you because they want to, not because it was pushed to the top of their feed and that several other of their friends have liked or commented on their posts. Um, and because of that, we feel like that person is more valuable because they're going to be spending more time in your content. They're going to be watching it from start to finish. Um, as opposed to just. Jumping in on the first potentially clickbaity uh, piece of content and then jump out, right for us, time spent and loyalty are the two most important KPIs. Um, are you coming back to that person's that individuals, that partners, that brands piece of content? more than three times per week is what we define from a loyalty standpoint. Um, and are you spending time there? Are you completing that content from start to finish and not just jumping out? So those are our two most important um, pieces of how we evaluate uh, you know, our success with with from a content standpoint. And that's what we're kind of optimizing our partners towards. And that's how we're kind of explaining um, how we measure success across our platform while still being very, very mindful of the fact that you know, we're not trying to be um, having all this data on our users and following them all across um, our platform and across the Internet uh, and avoiding, you know, you know, all those uh, potential issues that have come up across uh, the social media ecosystem over the past couple of months. Help us spread the word about the
0: Sports Pro Podcast. Subscribe, like and share our content on social. Join the conversation on Twitter with the hashtag #SportsProPod. Pro Pod. And if you're enjoying our work, why not leave us a rating and a nice review on your podcast platform of choice. And if you want to get in touch, you can send us an email, podcast at sportspromedia.com. The Sports Pro Podcast, we're listening to. Let's break down your partnerships in a little more detail. First of all, from your perspective, what kind of partners do you look for? What are they bringing uh, to Snap and to, and to SnapChat?
1: It's a great question. I think, you know, we want to work with partners that are looking to innovate um, and quite frankly, push us in ways that we can't push ourselves. Uh, I think in our early relationships with many of the leagues over here in the U.S., many broadcasters internationally, um, we learned a lot, right? We learned a lot about uh, how we can tell stories, how we can sort of collaborate together to, to put together an authentic narrative for our user base. And we want partners that are willing to kind of innovate with us. Um, I think one of the things that we've learned over the years is we were definitely the new kid on the block for a long time and um, not the most traditional type of partner that most people have. Um, And we totally understand that. Then in some cases, uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer to develop long term strategic partnership, which is fine. But we're looking for those partners that are willing to take, you know, those steps uh, and potentially, you know, take, take some jumps and leaps of how we can find new ways to connect with fans. Um, We're always looking to create innovative ideas, uh, new types of content, new ways on our camera marketing side. Um, And the partners that, that do best on our platform are the ones that are kind of willing to take some of those risks and, um, you know, find those pockets of value for our collective user bases. So I think, for the most part, you know, we're, we're proud to say today that we pretty much work with every major league broadcaster rights holder um, in the world, and a lot of them have shown us, like the ESPN example I gave you earlier, like you know that was very collaborative and using established IP to come up with a new content format. Um, a more recent example I'll give you with an extremely old school traditional partner that most people would think was Augusta National in the U.S., um, you know, who hosts the Masters. Uh, we did a really fun AR experience with them where you could find any Masters logo um, on a hat, on a cup, on a shirt. You could take your Snapchat camera out, scan that logo, and be taken into a exclusive AR experience where you're driving down Magnolia Lane. Um, now, I think most people probably wouldn't expect that Snapchat and Augusta National have a partnership, but for us, it's almost the perfect kind of marriage, right? Um, they bring years of uh, this tradition of excellence and doing this uh, over a long period of time and understanding how they focus on covering the sport. We bring kind of the new age digital and tech way to, to reach new fans and reach new demographics. So we're trying to find partners like that, right? Partners that are willing to kind of uh, innovate with us um, and are open to experimenting across our platform. I
0: mean, clearly, there's that that kind of audience transfer, almost like an audience swap that you're doing with some of these partners. But how else is it structured financially, incentive-wise? What what are the ways are um, are these partnerships built?
1: Yeah, so you know, from a content standpoint, um, if you watch any content on Snap, on Snap, you'll see ads running, you know, every five or six snaps. So uh, we have an ad supporter to business, um, and we revenue share with our partners. So that's kind of our our main way. From a partner content standpoint, and obviously that's a huge um, component of our deals as well, right? We want to make sure we're not only just providing inc- incremental reach, as you mentioned, but also incremental revenue to many of these partners. Um, and again, if you're a brand across across Snap, it's kind of the same the same pitch: uh, reaching this new audience and uh, hopefully complementing many of your other buys across other media properties, linear, et cetera. So, from a, a business standpoint, that's kind of the uh, the main focus there. Um, obviously as well, a lot of those camera tools that I mentioned to you um, can also be sponsored, right? So we can do uh, an NBA All-star weekend lens sponsored by Pepsi, for example, um, or a Super Bowl halftime show lens sponsored by Verizon uh, and so on and so forth. So that's kind of how the the business side of, of the house works. And generally speaking, what we do when we start our, our, our relationships with new partners, um, we kind of figure out a programming plan, right? How many pieces of content do we want to have during this time, during the season, during the off season? Um, how should we ramp that up and kind of find that right mix um, and make sure that again we're, we have the, the the right tool set up to to make sure that we're setting our partners up for success over time. Mm.
0: Something you've talked a, a fair bit about there is um is is the proprietary tech that Snap develops, uh, particularly on the on on the camera side of things and and ar and and things that uh work directly with with the cameras on people's phones you know there's a whole history of um of snap being the first mover not not always <laughs> to its long term advantage in in some of the um, some of the innovations on the platform but how how are how are new concepts developed now now that it's more of a kind of full service content platform you know and you have you guys might want to do stuff in in the sports space, and there'll be other people in the entertainment space or publishing or what or what have you. Is it kind of tech led? Is it developer led, or do you feed ideas in from your different departments? How how does that work?
1: Yeah, you know, it's sort of all the above. I think one of the biggest misconceptions, um, particularly with our sports partnerships, is that they're just around content. And and as we've talked about on this on this conversation today. It's a lot more than that right like we want to make sure I think sports is one of the very few verticals that can really um, provide value across many different uh, parts of our business. And we want to make sure that we're always bringing the best of Snapchat to our partners, and that really includes the camera side, the messaging side, the product development side, etc across the platform. So. I think to answer your question, uh, it really just it, it really just depends on the partner and what's happening across the platform at the time, right? I think we we pride ourselves at Snap for being super innovative and always being ahead of the curve. Um, our product team I think is second to none in, in finding um, new innovative ways to to create these products that we can then take to our partner. So a lot of times, Owen, it's, it's you know one of our members of our product team, our lens team our camera team might say, hey, we have a new format coming out and it happens to be around a big sporting event and we'll try and partner with, um, you know, that league or broadcaster or rights holder to collaborate with that new tool. And it's a win for everybody, right? You know, it's a way for us to showcase this new tech. It's a way for that partner to do something that's never been done before. Uh, And it's a way for Snapchatters to engage with that event, with that game, with that... um, Whatever it might be, uh, through a, a new way on Snapchat, which tends to be fun and interesting and engaging. Uh, so, I think you know it's something that we rely heavily on our our product team to continue to develop all these amazing new, innovative features across Snapchat. But then they come to us and a lot of my counterparts internally to find ways to to make sure we can broadcast those with some of our amazing partners.
0: Yeah, and when you're when you're integrating some of these things into partnerships, how much is you know, how, how two-way is it basically? Because obviously you're going to understand a lot of these products uh, in a lot greater depth than, than your partners are going to. But particularly as something develops with with somebody like the NBA, you know, to what extent are they coming to you and saying, we've seen you do this on the messaging side recently? Is there something that, is there some way that we can get involved or we have this idea we'd like to be able to to take the example that you uh, used, we'd like to be able to show off the, the floor of the, the court in the, in, in the NBA bubble. You know, how 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 is that relationship managed? How is that part of the relationship managed?
1: Yeah, it's a really good point. So I think our best partnerships are exactly what you said. It's two-way street, right? Um, when partners come to us and say, hey, we have an upcoming XYZ event coming up and we think it could be unique. Let's talk about how we can collaborate. It's our favorite thing in the world, right? Um, Because we wanna make sure that they understand all the cool capabilities we have across Snap and bring us opportunities as well. Uh, And then we do the same thing, right? When we say, hey, we have a new product, new feature launching uh, in six weeks, how can we uh, partner together on this? So we want it to be a two-way street. And uh, to the first part of your question, I mean, ultimately, they're giving us their IP, which we understand is super uh, valuable and super important. So we will never want to do something that we don't feel is up to the highest standard of of our particular partner's IP, because the last thing we want to do is something that's kind of half measured and doesn't look great when, when we're taking some of this iconic stuff, right? Like the master's example I gave you, the NBA court in Orlando. You know, we worked with FIFA during the World Cup and we used the trophy in one of our um, ar experiences right like these are very very important pieces for for all of these partners and our goal is to is to make sure that we use our tech and our features to showcase them in the best way possible um, so it's really a two-way street and we collaborate and understand um, how to make sure we're using that ip uh in the most productive effective, um, in a way that they're comfortable with, right. Cause ultimately it's, it's their IP and their message. And we don't want to, we want to make sure that they're involved in that process, um, as well in a big way.
0: Is there anything that you were able to talk about yet in, in 2021 that you're particularly excited about in that area any, any collaborations or, uh, new bits of tech that you're, you're looking to roll out?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think for 2021, you know, we've done a really good job over the past couple of years, Um, entering into deals, the highest level of sport, right? Leagues, broadcasters, and rights, as I mentioned earlier. Um, And this allowed us to have comprehensive coverage across the platform for every major event. And historically, you live in this top layer of the funnel. I think our goal for 2021, a big focus for our team, is moving down the funnel, right? And starting to to work a lot more with teams um, and athletes, and we envision an ecosystem now where you have this, these three layers, creating content, utilizing our camera tools, and really providing, we think, um, a, a very unique experience to follow sport across the platform. So I'd say like that's a huge focus for us, working more with teams and athletes. And again, as we mentioned earlier, you know young people tend to follow individual personalities now as opposed to following uh, teams, which is much more different than probably how you and I looked at this stuff. Um so enhancing those tools for for that part of the the structure is very important to us and gonna be a huge focus for us. And I think secondarily a lot of our partnerships um have historically been domestic here in the US, you know, expanding to our key target markets globally. Um, will be a huge focus for us in 2021. In a year where we have the Olympics, uh, knock on wood, and the Euros, and a lot of other major global tempos happening. Um, so that's going to be a huge piece of the puzzle we're going to focus on as well.
0: And I, I just wanted to finish by talking about the future a little bit more broadly for Snapchat. I mean, we've talked about the age of your audience, and, and you're going to be joining us for the uh, Sports Bar Insider Series, talking about reaching Gen Z how do you think about reaching new audiences of, of users, first of all? Um, and, and what is it that you understand about the, what do you, what is it do you think that is connecting with younger users digitally at the moment that you're able to offer and, and perhaps, um, other platforms on?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think for us it, it's relatively simple, right? Like over the past couple of years, consumer attention has shifted, and digital consumption has grown, as we talked about earlier. And our goal is really to just reach that newer, younger, highly engaged mobile audience. When um, we work with our partners, like it's not to necessarily compete with them right across this, these sports pieces. We're not streaming sports on Snapchat. It's really just to collaborate with them um, to help them meet their fans and find those new ones across our platform, right? Like we still expect hardcore sports fans to to watch live events on the biggest screen possible but we think that you know we we can use our platform as a way to experience those events um, through our amazing and unique content formats those creative tools that we talked about and you know one thing that 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 i'll kind of expand upon from earlier is that we definitely have plenty of tools and and pieces to connect with hardcore fans but i think the uniqueness of snapchat is connecting with the casual fan, right? The person who doesn't know who Lionel Messi is or Tom Brady or LeBron James and comes to Snapchat because we can pique their curiosity and kind of reel them in with some of this engaging content that's not just about the stuff on the court, as you mentioned earlier, and some of these amazing creative tools that are fun to play with and and share with your friends. So I think that kind of latter piece is connecting with the casual fan is um, a uniqueness and differentiating point that we do at Snapchat.
0: And what do you think when when you think about your own audience? What what are going to be the keys to you internally uh, to keep them engaged and to to keep the platform a place where they want to spend their time?
1: I think effective storytelling is super important, right? Ability to develop content that resonates with this user base. Um, It's a blessing and a curse having a young user base because they're highly engaged. They're also very fickle, right? Uh, Their time, their attention spans are a lot smaller. um, And they can, as we mentioned earlier, can we jump across many of the different apps across their phone? So we want to make sure that we continue to develop those compelling stories, which is super important. Um, And then again, I think continuing to innovate. I I think that our biggest strength will continue to be how do we adapt? How do we evolve? um, How do we keep bringing new features and tools to our user base for them to keep coming back. We understand that that's the name of the game and there's plenty of platforms, um, plenty of folks that, uh, that continue to do this as well. Our, our biggest competitor is time, right? Uh, the, the time that people spend every single day on their phones and how we can get them to use that on, on Snapchat. So uh, being a, a key innovator and in adapting, uh, is our biggest goal as a platform, our biggest goal and an important, focus point in sports um and something that we're looking forward to do more and more in 2021
0: I'm well good talking to you
1: great thanks Alan thanks for having me
0: thanks very much the sports pro podcast is published by sports pro media the producer is ed dixon